Hi, welcome to the Leadership Pathway podcast. I am Sean. I'm sitting here with Dave and Kristen Miller, the co-founders of Leadership Pathway. Good to see you guys. And Rick Rittering. Rick, yes, guest sir. of honor from Chicago. 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 How you doing, Sean? I'm doing good. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to see you too. It's good to have you here. It's good to be here. What a great voice. I know. <laughs> well, I am uh, honored to be here, actually. Awesome. Because for, this is the first time I've met all three of you in person. I know, right? We're like old friends. And that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. It's all virtual. Yep. It's good to see you in the flesh. Yep. Okay, so this is session three of our mini-series about some topics that we've seen be a big deal for churches that are doing residency programs. I love your story. I mean, you've spent, I don't know how many years, you spent a lot of years just on this topic of developing young leaders, first through higher education, uh, as faculty, uh, but you're a business guy. You like, you like know how to do this stuff <laughs> more than, more than we probably do. <laughs> He's teaching us every day. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none, right? That's, That's what I am. So nice. That's awesome. Okay. So what we want to talk about today is you, you know, I, I'm going to tell a little bit of, of your story for you. Um, so you, you, uh, stepped on staff at this church that you'd been a part of. You were an elder there. They brought you on under this title around leadership development. How do we how do we develop the next generation? Probably alongside the staff. There's probably a staff development piece to that. But you came in to do that. You you stepped in to this new role, excited to do it. Tell us about what that was like. And then I mean, we know the story a little bit, but tell us about your yeah your first month right in on. doing that. Right on. Well, um, I represent Faith Church, which is located in the suburbs of Chicago. And we are a multi-site church. We have five locations. And our church, on any given weekend, we're somewhere between 3,500 to 5,000 people in person um, at all of our locations. So Faith Church has been around since the early 1960s. And so um, I literally was coming home from work one day. I used to commute 35 miles from a small liberal arts college, Christian college, where I was vice president for enrollment. And I said on the telephone to my pastor, oh crap, there's another traffic jam. And that's what Chicago's made of, right? Yeah. So the traffic jam thing turned into, well, why don't you come work for us? We would love that. I said, we laughed it off. One thing leads to another. They named me the Director of Leadership Development for Faith Church. And so um, after meeting with senior pastor, executive pastor, the whole idea came from we need more leaders if we're going to keep this church functional for years to come. And if we don't, we're going to become like the first church of the old people. And so that's ultimately was my job. Wow. Okay, so you came in, ready to do this, wanted to start with a residency program for young leaders. What was your budget when you got started, Rick? Yeah, let me tell that story a little <laughs> bit, Sean. Nice, you teed that one up beautifully, just perfectly here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I went full steam ahead. My background is human resource development, so training and development, right? And half of my career has been in corporate America. Half of my career has been in higher education. So I understand the higher education process, and I understand training. And so I came in all guns ablazing here, and I said, let's build this thing. We're going to build a pipeline. 
and we're going to find people to do this. And that's when we partnered with Leadership Pathway. And um, it was a wonderful opportunity for us to, to get a, a quick start because I literally came to a podcast like one of these and learned what it meant to have pastoral residence. I didn't know anything about it when I first started. And so it was, it was great. And so we built it very quickly and we started recruiting. We went through the whole process and um, I said, okay, let's go. We're ready to hire. And we got five of them ready to hire. And they said, ah, that's great, Rick, but we have zero budget for you. <laughs> and I said, so why did we create a position yeah, yeah. <laughs> without a budget? So to, to their credit, I mean, I think we built it fairly quickly. You know, I mean, it's, it, it went pretty fast, but we, we found good candidates. So I was always taught strike while the iron's hot. The iron was hot. We had good candidates. We got to make offers to them. And so we went up, went about doing it with zero budget. Do you remember how you uh, found Leadership Pathway? You know, I, our executive pastor, when I first started, Dave, you and I. And, yeah, and, I remember and talking had, to you. Yeah, his name was Brian. Brian, we had a, a conference call. And that was the first time we really talked. I think you might have been, maybe we were on your mailing list or something. Because he was the one who introduced us. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's exactly how we did it. Seems so, random. But so, you but you did it. Like, you did random. this after after yeah. no budget. You have five candidates. We did it. How did you get them started? Oh, we just, you know, passed the plate around a couple more times. <laughs> and it just, it, it, it worked, you know. It worked. It worked. You know, no. No, actually, I, I think it's so critical because we are a church. So we're part of this thing called the Kingdom Network. We It's a brand new we call it a denom network. It's really like a denomination, but it's really a network of churches that is that's like-minded and like-hearted. And um, right prior to me walking into this room, I, I looked up at the website, and here's our mission: make disciples, raise up leaders, and start churches. That's that's what all the churches in our network are focused on. And so, in order to do that, you need to have a pipeline of people that you're raising up. You just do. And so how did we make it happen? Well, because we're part of this, um, and I think it, 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 the story tells itself when you tell an engaging story and you're able to speak with people who may have the means to scholarship some of these folks, mm -hmm. they catch the vision immediately because a lot of these folks are successful business people. And when they're successful that way, they like to start things. That's who they are. They're entrepreneurial, right? This is an entrepreneurial venture that the church took on. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to paint a picture for them that they could be at the ground level. And the words we used was, we are looking for partners to help us seed this ministry. That's exactly what we said. How are you going to, would, would you be willing to seed this ministry with us? And we specifically told them our intent was not to always come there with our handout but we needed people to seed it, just like uh, a venture capitalist might do. Mm -hmm. And so if they believed in the vision and they believed that this was right for the church, would they be willing to do this? And we got a handful of people who said, I'm in. What questions did you get or what pushback? Do you remember? Like, what about the, don't we give money to the seminary? Aren't they doing this? Yeah. Like, why do we need to? Well, it's, it's interesting you asked that, Dave, because there are there were some folks that we asked, highly successful business people, they said, well, it's about time we're doing this. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. And they've been around a while. Yeah. 
And so because they're entrepreneurial, they saw some of the things that were failing within other networks that you're, you find talent in. And so they loved this idea. So when we went to speak with them, we had our communication department crank out a beautiful brochure that basically quoted statistics of aging pastors and uh, the average age in America of a pastor and what's going to happen to the church. And on the last page, we had the budget to run the whole program. And we cut it down by resident. So we, we pitched the idea of would you be willing to sponsor a resident? And some of them said, yeah, sign me up. I'll, I'll sponsor three of them. Wow. And, and their names and email addresses are in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just click below. Yeah, and, and so, so this was my senior pastor and I doing this yeah. together. So Pastor Bob and I went on a, a fundraising tour is what we did. Yeah. Yeah. We identified people who were successful business people who had the means to do this. Well, and those, those that are pastors under, that listen to this understand He's spending his chips. Yeah, in that absolutely. I mean, I, I just hear what a big value it is to to do that journey, yeah. to say, hey, we we have to make this happen. Yeah. Do you do you think the church is behind on this topic, or do you think this is developing young leaders is just a problem for organizations and for for everybody? You, you mean the church, capital C yeah, church, yeah. or our church? No, the church, yeah, like, like churches everywhere. Yeah, yeah churches, churches are, I believe, are very behind because when I speak of this, it's almost like I'm speaking a foreign language yeah. to some of them. They're like, what? Yeah. You're doing what? Yeah. You mean they actually hired you to do that? Mm-hmm. And so I do believe there are many, many congregations that have no idea. And so many of them are aging, and it's just getting smaller and smaller, you know. They used to be a congregation of 600, and now they're a congregation of 75. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what to do. And so um, I think traditional means and traditional pipelines of leaders is has dried up in many ways for them. Yeah. They, don't, they don't even trust some of the young leaders coming in from the places. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So final thing to a church, what would you say to a church who, who wants to do this? But they're they're up against this piece of it, the finance piece. How do we make this happen? What would you say to that church? Yeah, I, I would first say that there is no reason for you to think that way because you, you if the church is large enough, every church has people who have means. Every church. And every church who have people with means, those people want to invest in something that's growing. They don't want to invest in, well, we need another debt campaign and we're going to pay off debt. They want to invest in things that are growing. So how do you position your message so that if if I'm 75 years old and I've had a successful business all my life, I want to invest in something that's growing before I'm gone. I want to see the fruits of the labor of the investment. And so you've got to think that way. You've got to think of it that way rather than, oh, wow, I'm just going to go ask this person for extra money like I've been asking them all along so that it's another debt to pay off. Mm-hmm. It's got to be growing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. What What if it's not a financial piece? What if it's asking someone in the church to use their, their time and maybe their home to mm-hmm. p- offer someone to come in? Like, How does that translate mm-hmm. in the ask that you would make? Yeah. That's a great question too. So we always use the term partner 
You know, we're not looking for funders or we're not looking for investors. We're looking for partners. And so if you're able to offer a bedroom for one of our new incoming residents, you are one of our dear partners. You are a partner. And so you have to have good descriptions. What are your, what's your expectations when they, they buy into that? You know, you don't just go in and ask for things that you don't really have good descriptions for. And I think that's what really paid dividends for us is we spelled it out to the lowest common denominator. Here's what it costs. So our, our budget, basically, we included training, technology, and wages. That's what we included. And so here's what it costs for one person per year if they're going to do this. And that was easy for them to understand that. And so I'll, some of the questions back to Dave's question was, well, like, how are you going to train these people? You know, well, we built it because we were able to get the funding. We actually partnered with two PhDs of theology who used to teach at a Christian college who were fed up at teaching at a college and they started their own company. And we, we, we partnered with them. They took their curriculum that they were teaching at a master's level, and now they're teaching in-house at Faith Church. They're not our employees. They're outside vendors. And so we have two years of curriculum. That's great. Yep. So I always think, do what you do best mm -hmm. and yes. outsource the rest. Man, that's great. Amen. You got to think that way. Yeah. This is good. Rick, thank you so much. Absolutely. I love this topic. Love your perspective on it. Thanks yeah. for being here with us. You today. bet. It's good to be here.